This week on Moms Moving On. Take seven days to do this. Start observing their behavior before you react. And and by the way, you don't tell them you're learning any of this. You learn all of this stuff in secret so that you can make your decision because there's people out there that are trying to make this decision for years. And I always say, if it was an easy decision, you would have already made it. Of course. So put so put the if I'm staying or if I'm going in a box and set it on a shelf and spend seven days observing their behavior. And when they say something or do something, because we know that all of their behavior is because of insecurity in themselves. If you are in their life, you are feeding them with the things that they need to feel secure in themselves. So, so when I work with people to get away from them, we teach you to stop feeding them. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everybody, to another Moms Moving On. I'm so excited you're here with us today. I invited Dr. Heidi Brocky back on the air with us today because you guys loved her last episode so much about how to get out of and get over a toxic relationship. But what if you don't even know whether your relationship is toxic or not? That's what we're going to talk about today. How to tell if your relationship is toxic, how to own your own feelings about it, and take it from there. Heidi Brocky is a toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist. After spending 14 years in an extremely emotionally and narcissistically abusive relationship, she broke the chains and turned her past into passion. Heidi, thanks so much for being back on with us today. Yes, thanks for having me back. It's exciting. I'm excited to to get more into this topic because I think for so many women, it's I don't know if my relationship is toxic because my ex just tells me I'm crazy whenever I bring up a problem to him. Is it me? Is it the relationship? What's going on here? Oh, so I always have to say that some of these questions have so much like foundation that needs to go before you could even answer the question. But I think I did talk about this a little bit on the first, the first time I was on your show, but uh, the, the topic of toxic relationship in itself is, is a little bit questionable because, you know, toxic isn't a diagnosis and somebody who's toxic for one person may not be toxic for another person. So we tend to compare and, you know, balance everything when we're trying to figure it out. Um, So the definition of toxic is, um, it's just an adjective. It's an adjective that's used to describe any relationship that, that you're in, in the status that it's in, that's, unhealthy for you mentally, physically, or emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, and I know we talk a lot about divorce in both of our careers, but you know, the toxic relationship can be in a friendship. It could be in a coworker situation. It could be in a family type situation. So um, the other thing that I think is a misnomer a little bit when you're trying, if someone is trying to um, question their relationship and, and figure out if it's toxic or not, I think you know, we start digging into research and we start reading about diagnosis and we start like trying to pinpoint all this stuff. And at the, at the end of the day, you get to decide which relationships in your life are healthy for you and which ones are not. And, and that, that gets people very confused, especially if you're in a toxic relationship, because like you just said, we believe a lot of the times that whatever's going on in the relationship is our fault 
or that we have to fix something because of what the other party in the relationship is saying. And so when we, we, when we read all these things, if we can't pinpoint exactly what is causing this uneasy feeling or what is causing the behavior, we assume it's us. And we assume, well, if we would just try harder or if we would just do better or if we would just be someone that would make them happy, then I would feel better in this relationship. So what we tend to do is we jump on the treadmill of approval and acceptance and I'll fix this and I'll do that and I'll make it better. And without the, the understanding the dynamic of how a toxic personality works, we will stay on that treadmill for way too long. Right. So the first thing you need to understand if you are out there going, I feel like something's wrong in my relationship, but I can't put my finger on it. You need to know that you get to make this decision. Nobody else can make the decision for you. And, and, and that's, that's the bottom line. And the fact that if you do decide that, that it's not a place you should be, or it is changing who you are, or you're losing your identity within this relationship, you have permission to leave anything that's not healthy for you. You know, and we get tied to these things through marriage vows, or we get tied to these things through commitments, or we get tied to these things because we just moved in together, or we just got engaged, or we just had a baby, or we just, and so we really try to keep it together and, and continue on trying to make it better. But people need to know that, that you have permission to leave these situations if you need to. You said something on our first podcast that was such a profound quote that now I've seen other divorce coaches sharing it, I guess, from your conversations with them. If you walk into a room that stinks, the smell starts to subside and you don't realize it stinks. And I think that's why it's so hard for women, especially to decipher what's toxic and what isn't, because we're also in an age where you go on social media and they're like, this is toxic. This isn't, but it's different for everybody. Everybody has different, you know, levels of what they can take emotionally. So how do we know if the room really stinks? So, so this is kind of where, and, and the listeners probably know if they heard my first episode, I, I, I go by Dr. Heidi, but I am not a licensed mental health professional. I'm a chiropractor by trade. So the whole room analogy actually came from my healthcare career because the body is made to heal itself, right? The body has this innate intelligence that, that that's how, that's how cuts heal. That's how, how, you know, your body heals. It's always in survival mechanism mode. So, so when you talk about how it becomes normal to us is your body goes, okay, so you step into a relationship and you know, it's not going well. And, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but you know, there's name calling and there's criticism and there's comparison and you're taking the blame. And meanwhile, you're on this treadmill of trying to do better. So the Mm -hmm. relationship's better. Okay. When there's a lot of emotional abuse, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but when there's a lot of emotional abuse, your body is going to go, she's not going to be able to sustain this. She's not going to be able to continually have to go through all of this hurtful stuff. And so what your body does is it desensitizes your feelings so that it doesn't affect you as much emotionally. So (laughs) it's just like when you walk into a room that stinks, if you stay in the room, your body goes, that's not a pleasant odor. I'm just going to desensitize the nerve endings in her nose so she doesn't continue to smell this yucky smell. So it's, it's, it's your body knowing you're unsafe. Yes. And, and we talk about um, anybody who's in or has been in uncomfortable situations or, or even just, even if you have to step into an uncomfortable situation, you have to do an interview or you, you know, you have to go in and talk to your boss. You know, that, that feeling that you get in your stomach. Oh yeah. Okay. 
Me in every social situation. Yes. Right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And, And what that feeling is, is that's your body's natural defense mechanism telling you something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but in the beginning of these type of relationships, we're so caught up in the new relationship thing. And, you know, we think that we're working towards the same goals as the other person in this relationship, because the beginning of relationships are good, whether they end up toxic or not, they always seem like a whirlwind. Right. Mm-hmm. So we might have that feeling in the beginning, but we can always justify it out. Well, they were just having a bad day, or I was just nervous, or I didn't get enough sleep, or I shouldn't have said that. And so we we kind of get that feeling in our stomach and then we, we kind of poo-poo it and make it go away. Well, as you stay in the stinky room or as you stay in this relationship, you notice that feeling is there a lot more. And when the feeling is there all the time, we no longer recognize it as a warning sign. Oh my God. Yes. And so when people say, listen to your gut, that's what they're talking about. They're saying, when you get that feeling, stop yourself and ask yourself why you have that feeling because your body knows where it's safe and your body knows where it's not safe. And a good indication of this is, you know, there, there is plenty of very successful people that out in the workplace are doing their thing. They're confident. They're, you know, they're rocking it. They're doing everything they need to do to make their careers go good. And they love it there and they do a very good job. But on the drive home, they start getting a pain in their stomach and they start getting nervous about, Um, Is the toxic person in my life going to be mad or did I get everything done today or am I going to be in trouble? And and between work and home, we turn into a completely different person. And and people will say they feel like they're changing on the way home and they get the pain in their stomach. That's the perfect example of where your body goes over here. You're confident. You're able to be yourself. You're happy. You're doing your thing. You're doing your life and you're safe. But on the way home, your body already knows we're going into an environment that's not as safe. So it does this little warning. But I remember when, after I left my, my former relationship, I had that pain in my stomach literally all the time. So I didn't, I didn't even notice it. Yeah. For me, it was in my chest. I would tell my mom, I feel like I'm having a heart attack all the time. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, that's stress and anxiety. And and I know on your website, you actually talk about this uh, emotional fatigue from being emotionally abused and, and Mm -hmm. it affects your adrenals and like it goes so far deeper than just feeling stressed out. I mean, there are long-term health mm-hmm. implications than from keeping yourself in an environment like this, right? Yeah, and and in short, obviously, the um, the emotional abuse fatigue, I actually just put that term on it. It's actually adrenal fatigue. And I've spent years when I was practicing treating adrenal fatigue, and I was stage three by the time I left. But in short, the adrenal system is the system in your body that helps us adapt to stress. So it, it pushes the hormones that are stress adaptive into our system. Well, if you're living in an environment that you always have to be on guard and you always have to be ready to act and you always have to protect everybody around you and protect yourself, you're constantly in this state of stress. Mm-hmm. But the problem is it's just like the room that stinks. You feel like you're stressed for a little bit, but as soon as you get all of that handled, you don't feel stressed anymore. But that doesn't mean you're not handling all that stress but you Mm -hmm. feel okay because you've adapted to it. So then it takes the next level of stress for you to go, I feel stressed, but our bodies will adapt to that also. Yes. It's so dangerous. Yeah. So you don't realize it. And, And really in short, what happens is your body finally has to go, okay, we've been dealing with all this stress and I don't have enough energy to do all of this. So either I have to have conflict with this person or I have to digest food and I can't do both of them. So which one should I do? Okay. 
I'll stop digestion while we solve this conflict with the toxic person, and then we'll start it back up. Or I don't have time to constrict the, the pupil in your eye. So you're just going to have to get used to wearing sunglasses because that's not near as important as dealing with the stress you have over here. So your body starts picking and choosing what is most important. And it, that's where the health issues in all the different systems start coming, you know, start coming up because your body just goes, okay, this is important right now. This is less important. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is why I always come back to your children need a happy, healthy mom, not a married one, and the importance of not being in a situation like this. But I do know that when you've been in something for so long, like the stinky room, and you're being told that it's you, it's not me, it is so hard to decipher. And that's why it's so helpful to hear this information, because a lot of people just need that reminder. What happens when children are exposed to conflict between their co-parents? They're more likely to suffer adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs, which can directly harm their mental and physical well-being. As a child of divorce and a co-parenting mom, I'm passionate about sharing strategies to help make our children's lives easier as they adjust to being co-parented. Communication is key. And with Our Family Wizard, the world's leading co-parenting app, you'll unlock the door to a happier, healthier childhood. Check out Our Family Wizard's latest guide, The New Co-Parent's Guide to Effective Communication, for five time-tested communication tips that can help protect children from emotional turmoil. Download your free copy at ourfamilywizard.com forward slash moms moving on. Hey moms, I'm always getting asked, what should I do with my engagement ring? I finally have the answer, sell it with Worthy. I'm partnering with Worthy so you can turn your wedding jewelry into cash, fast and risk-free. Worthy is great because their competitive auctions ensure you get the best deal possible. Over 45,000 people have already moved on by selling with Worthy. If you are ready to move on from your ring, visit worthy.com slash moms to get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. That's worthy.com slash moms when you're ready to move on. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? Now, I have a question because I feel like I've heard both sides of the argument, but when it comes to a toxic relationship, does it take two to tango? It does. And, 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 you know, we can blame ourselves for staying in it. I look back and I'm like, I left six times, you know, what, what was the matter with me? Mm-hmm. But there's so much. And I think this is probably where, and you, you would understand it too. This is probably where you kind of have to go through it to understand the connections that are established mm-hmm. within a toxic relationship. Because of course, all our friends and our family are going, why are you still there? Why did you go back? Why haven't you got out? You know? And you're like, 
I know. And so we quit talking to them and telling them everything. Then we lose our support system. Um, but, but getting back to the, you know, why is it so hard to leave? First of all, the toxic relationship is a relationship where the, the two people in the relationship have different relationship goals. But it's confusing because in the beginning, we go, okay, we're looking for this in a relationship. We may have talked about this a little bit on the last one. Mm -hmm. Partnership, companionship, you know, that kind of thing. And the toxic personality is going to say, that's exactly what I want. So we always have our sight set on the fact that, yeah, but they said that this is what they wanted. Even though they're not acting like this is what they wanted. This is what they said they wanted. So we're going to keep doing that. Yes, this hits home. Oh my God, yes. Yes. So that's one of the things we keep looking for the person that was pretending the relationship goals were the same in the beginning. And we keep thinking that person is going to come back when in reality, they had to get us to buy into the fact that they wanted the same relationship goals. So when we wait for that person from the beginning to come back, that wasn't really them. That was them getting us to believe that we were safe to step into this relationship. I remember very vividly being in a particular relationship where I would repeatedly say, but you said, but you said, and the person would say, I don't care what I said, you know, and I, and I was just so confused because I really, yes, like you're describing, mm-hmm. thought we were aligned. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, we talked about this a little bit too, the, the personality that's going to fall into these more often than not is the kind, caring, supporting, giving, fixer, conflict avoider. Right. You know, like, so we're like not so many women. Right. Right. So, so, and, and I should mention, we say we're in the, the relationship for these goals. And in reality, a toxic personality has insecurity issues in themselves. So when they venture out into relationships and friendships and, and interact with people, it's so that they can make themselves feel more secure. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, if you said, these are my relationship goals and, and your former that you were talking about said, oh, I'm just in it for security and myself, you would have gone thanks, but no thanks. Right. So they have to convince us that they're in it for the same reason we're in it. So that's one of the aspects as to why it's so hard to leave because we're continually going, yeah, but he said, right. And then the other aspect that is, is a lot harder to grasp is the fact that your toxic personality is normally emotionally abusive. Yes. Okay. So when we talk about emotional abuse, that's If they can say or do something that makes you happy or makes you sad or makes you cry or makes you upset or makes you feel guilty, which is a huge one. If they can say or do something that makes us feel something, they feel in control of our emotions, which makes us feel secure. Because, uh, Michelle, if you think back, okay, the relationship was going really well and all of a sudden one day he started calling you names. Okay, well, that had never happened before. So now you're upset and you're crying and you're worried and you're, that's an emotional reaction. And all he had to do was call you a name for you to emotionally react. Yeah, it's such okay. an exchange of power there. Yeah, and so over time, what happens is their goal is to get you emotionally pen- dependent on them. Meaning they want to be able to control how you're feeling by what they're saying and what they're doing. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, the perfect example of validating this is you get up in the morning and your day is going good, okay? And they get up and they're in a good mood. They're in a good mood and they might kiss you on the cheek and tell you to have a good day and they go off to work. Your mood is going to be good all day because they're in a good mood, mm-hmm. right? 
And then the next morning they get up and they're mad and they stepped on a Lego and the floor is not vacuumed and, you know, they don't like the shorts you have on it. What is your mood for that day? No, it's so true. And so, 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 so we start continually looking at them to validate how we're feeling. So when it's time for us to make a decision on the relationship, we're still looking at them to see how we should feel. And since you work with a lot of, you know, people that are going through divorces, the toxic relationship is so funny because the toxic people use the same phrases. It's like they, it's like they went to school or something, Yes. but, but another good example of them, you know, getting your emotions involved by what they say or do is you make the decision to leave. And, you know, you, you have the kids and you're trying to work with an attorney and they're going to say, I can't believe you're breaking up the family. Yep. And we immediately feel guilty. Yep. And and that was, I mean, I went back, I think three times because the whole, you're going to break up the family. You're going to do this to our kids. If I would have stopped long enough to go, what family? But, but I was so concerned about how I was feeling because of what he said. All I knew is I was feeling guilty and I didn't like feeling guilty. So the fastest way for me to get rid of guilt is to do what he wanted because then that feeling of guilt would go away. Yeah. This is why I'm always driving home my favorite quote, just because somebody says something doesn't make it true. Mm -hmm. And I think the more insecure we are, the the more likely we're going to end up in a relationship like this and hang on to the every word of this person who really like, I mean, how many times I've said to a client, this person is not God. Like they don't have the final say in who you are or how you should be or what should be in general. And it's scary how much we lose ourselves to that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's scary when like we're where you and I are and we can look back and go, how did that happen? But it's such a slow drip. It's a slow burn. Yeah, that you never know that it's happening until it's happened. And then, you know, part of the process with the emotional abuse too is anything or any people in your life that support you emotionally. Say you have a strong family behind you or you have a great group of friends around you or you like to go to the gym or you have great hobbies. Anything that is going to emotionally support you. So anything else that makes you happy, anything else that brings you joy, anything else that fills your life is going to be a threat to the toxic person. Oh, I was just going to say. Yeah. This- the second they make you feel bad for being happy, holy red flag for real. Yes. And so, so they'll make, they'll make you feel guilty for spending time with your family or spending time with your friends, or they'll say, I don't think that group of friends is good for you, or your family doesn't like me, or how come you spend so much time at the gym? Okay. What, what they're doing there is it's a tactic called isolation. Yes. The, and, and what happens is it is easier for us to have conflict with those people than it is for us to have conflict with the toxic person. So we start cutting those people out. Well, when all of our emotional support is gone, who's the only one left that we look to for an emotional connection? It's the toxic person and the toxic person is the one that's controlling our emotions. So when we decide to leave, if we don't have a support system and we're worried about what they think and what they say and what they're going to do, of course, we're going to cater to them because all they have to do is do or say something and we feel something and, oh, they're right. And there we are right back in Oh my God, this is, yes, this is so eye-opening. And I think that everybody listening to this right now is having like a holy moly moment because they can either relate or it's opening their eyes to something that frankly is a bitter pill to swallow, but needs to be swallowed in my opinion. So what I do, because this is what helped me, we only can see the world through our eyes. You know, we're, we're emotionally, we're emotionally wired. People that are in these 
that are are the ones that are trying that are questioning the relationship we're emotionally wired okay so when when somebody says something or does something rude or yells at a waiter or or something very out of the ordinary the only thing we can think of is to look at them and go how come you can't be normal like how come you can't be nice <laughs> why are because, you like this <laughs> right because because we can't wrap our head around the seeing the world through somebody else's eyes we only know how to see it through our emotion and the fact that we wouldn't yell at a waiter right and so so what what we need to do is we need to be able to understand the toxic personality enough that that we can make a good decision on what's best for us but you can never do that unless you understand how they think yeah. and and like we said their goals are completely different so that's the basis of what i do is i teach you to understand your situation by understanding how the toxic person operates mm -hmm. because when we're in it all we can think about is what they're going to say and what they're going to do because we try to stay ahead of them we have to anticipate yes you know and i and i do firmly believe that like every relationship is kind of a mirror like i was in at my most toxic in my marriage and now i'm totally not and that's why i totally think like it's a it's like this magnetic thing and and it's it's so dangerous because it can turn somebody who is otherwise non-toxic into the worst version of themselves relationships mm -hmm. either bring out the best or the worst in you and it's always so clear in hindsight isn't it I know. Heidi it is and it's and i always feel bad because it's easy for it's easy for me to say and people be like yeah but you're so strong well yeah oh, i hear that all the time if you would have seen me 14 years ago strong would not have been a word that you, you know, you would have used. Um, I had I, moments that I, I think back like you, I'm sure. And I just cringe like on the floor in tears or like, just, I don't know, just not moments I'm not proud of, but we grow from them. Right. Yep. And you know, you have to remember too, that toxic traits there. I, I say toxic traits are contagious. And the reason they're contagious is because we have been on this treadmill of approval that they're never going to give. Mm-hmm. So as you go through the relationship, you've tried everything to make it better. You've chosen the right words and you've used the right tone of voice and you've walked on eggshells and you've, you know, tiptoed around them and you've done all this stuff. And there comes a time when you realize I've tried everything I can try. And that's when we end up fighting fire with fire. That's yes. an, if you can't beat them, join them. And it's yes. like a last resort, but that's when you're calling names and you're yelling at your kids and you're kicking things and you're, and then Yes. Then they call us the crazy toxic one. Yes, that we're crazy. And and God. we can't and we can't deny it either because we look at ourselves and we're like, really? Yeah. No, I know. I yeah. know. It is the fuckery of toxicity. That's totally. what that is. So if you could sum up, no, not sum up. If you could give one piece of advice to a woman who is wondering whether or not her relationship is toxic and she's not sure what to do next, what would it be? Aside if from work with you. Okay. <laughs> if it's somebody, yes, just work with me or not even me. There's a, there's a lot of good coaches out there. Um, but what I would do is I would, be, because you know, they're always looking for a reaction. They're always looking. I mean, you know what it's like. They text you. What do you do? In five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Because we are trained that if we don't give them our attention immediately, we're going to have conflict. Yes. So, so we're, we're very reactive to them, which is how they know they're in control. So what I would suggest is when take, take seven days to do this, start observing their behavior before you react. And, and by the way, you don't tell them you're learning any of this. You learn all of this stuff in secret 
so that you can make your decision because there's people out there that are trying to make this decision for years. And I always say, if it was an easy decision, you would have already made it. Of course. So put, so put the, if I'm staying or if I'm going in a box and set it on a shelf and spend seven days observing their behavior. And when they say something or do something, because we know that all of their behavior is because of insecurity in themselves. If you are in their life, you are feeding them with the things that they need to feel secure in themselves. So, so when I work with people to get away from them, we teach you to stop feeding them. Okay, so there's certain things that they need. They need to feel control. They need to feel power. They need attention. So for the next seven days, when they say or do something, go, was that control? Was that power? Or was that attention? And picture the words, picture the words security in themselves lighting up and blinking and then react. Because, so good. because as soon as you get the fact that everything they're doing and saying in relationships is for security in themselves, you're going to go, oh my gosh, this is so easy because it's, it's literally that simple, but it, it's a great validation tool when you can pinpoint everything as control, power, attention, or admiration. It's like, oh, and, and, you know, you'll either decide, okay, now that I understand them, I think I can stay in this relationship mm -hmm. or now that I understand them, I am not doing this one more day of my mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And you know, that, that holds true through the divorce process too. Don't expect them to be any different for the rest of their life, whether it's in the marriage, whether it's going through the divorce process or whether it's co-parenting. Yep. If they weren't good parents, don't expect that you're going to have this fantastic co-parenting relationship. Yep. They're going to control you with what avenues they can. And during the divorce process, it's the divorce process. Amen. And, and afterwards, the only thing is the kids. So, yep. so you have to, so don't ever stop asking yourself which one of those four things, because if you know it's coming, it's way easier to handle. Absolutely. And it gets way easier to predict their behavior. Absolutely. And I think the more you grow accustomed to the fact that they are this way and it doesn't have to affect you, the easier it'll be. And, and they use the same playbook every day. It's, it's Groundhog Day. Yep. Just, it's, a, and as soon, it's a pattern. Yep, and, as soon as, and that's, that's the only way you really feel like you get your power back. Yep. Because, and, and then the other thing is, you know, they're looking for an emotional reaction. So when I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, I teach you to interact. If like, if you have kids and you have to co-parent for 10 more years, I teach you how to interact with them with no emotion. Cause when you don't show emotion, they're not getting what they want from you. And, exactly. and, and in reality, they're not going to go away until you make them go away. Right. Love it. And I will add to that, everybody, if you think you're in a toxic relationship, if the thought is there, you probably are, or you wouldn't be thinking about it. So take the time, take the seven days. I love that advice. Do the work, take the toxic personality assessment on Dr. Heidi's site. Is that, am I, that's, that's yeah. the name for it, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's called the, the toxicity profile analysis. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Something, same thing. Um, the TPA. Yep. Take the TPA. I will link it and open your eyes because you've got one life and it doesn't need to be attached to somebody who is toxic. Heidi, thank you so much for being here again. You're welcome. This was You're great. Eye-opening as usual. I love you and I love the rest of you for being here. We'll see you next time on Moms Moving On.
Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On Membership Community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong. 